The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, uh, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Oh, hi, Burke and Corey. And uh, sorry for my hesitation. There was a weird noise uh, from Skype, like right when I started to speak, and I don't know what it was. Um, But uh, this is Top 5 Movies, and we will be uh, discussing our Top 5 Movies of John Travolta this week um, for two reasons. Do you guys know what two reasons are? Gotti. (laughs) Gotti is one, Gotti is one, and Gotti is doing horrible uh, hey. in, in every sense of the idea. Um, That's one of my picks, right? It is. It's one of your picks. You still have until uh, July 1st to change that pick if you would like to. And if you're listening to this episode and don't know what Mike's talking about, um, we did our summer movie uh, draft earlier, right before the summer movies kicked off. Um, Mike, Corey, myself, and then Matt from What I Watched Tonight, and Craig from Music Musing. Um, we, we drafted all the summer movies, and Mike picked Gotti, uh, hoping that this could be Travolta's return to form. And it does not appear to be, or at least the movie isn't. Um, last I heard, it had a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if it's gotten any better since its release. Um, it has not. It is still a zero on Rotten, Tom- on Rotten Tomatoes, which means every critic who has uh, given it a review has said, no, sir, uh, not worth our time. Um, it's not doing well in the box office either. It is getting a push, though, and I don't know if you saw this, but MoviePass actually pushed this movie on their app, and we're like, you know, hey, go see Gotti. Uh, it did not work, kind of. <laughs> Always pushing the questionable ones. They well, because they get on board with them. Although they they're pushing American Animals, which is fantastic, but not in a lot of markets. That's the downside. It, it is in fewer places, and Gotti's like almost everywhere. Um, but I have yet to see it. I don't want to drive forty minutes to see it. It's not at our local theater, but it's it is. Not, um, no, it's not. It's in Lakeland, though. It's um, not local enough. But uh, do you guys know the other reason um, that we are uh, talking about Travolta? this week it's his birthday no no scientology something no that's weird uh <laughs> well we he's a scientologist that's true but i don't Ooh, usually bring religion what? into this where but um, I know. it's this year is the 40th anniversary of greece oh gross okay and uh so hey. i felt mm-hmm. like it was hey it might be on somebody's list um yeah. but it is one of my wife's favorite films and you know they've released uh, funko pops of sandy and danny um, two different versions. You can get them in their greaser look or in their uh, preppy look or their soch look if you're more of an outsider fan. But uh, <laughs> So this week we decided to look at Travolta's films and make our top five list, which uh, gave a very you know, few options, really. I was actually surprised to see how few of his films I've seen. Um, plenty mm-hmm. to make a list, but like he's got 77 credits, but a lot of these I haven't seen basically everything since uh that helps me (laughs) well that's true um basically everything since um old dogs i have not seen so since 2010 i have not seen a new john travolta movie um because i i was gonna see with from paris with love but i never ended up doing so and i skipped savages uh because i heard it was awful um but yeah so it, it definitely limited my selection and but at the same time, um, I, I think the list was relatively easy to make. So um, we're just going to get into this list this week. So if, uh, if you've never listened to the show, we pick our topics and then we make our list in secret. And the show is us revealing our list, giving each other crap about it and getting um, pretty much, you know, just having a good conversation about this specific topic. So, Corey. Guys, go to BurkeReviews.com and check out our top five list. Otherwise, from here forward... There may be spoilers, you've been warned. And Mike, as he kind of just alluded to, um, has a tendency to pick movies that we haven't seen. And this particular pool of movies is definitely smaller than normal, but nonetheless, I have looked at his films and I've not seen many. Um, So I am apprehensive. Corey and I like to guess, I'm sorry, 
how many of Mike's films on his top five list we have seen. Um, Corey, I think I went first last week, so I'll let you go first this week. One. I was I, I was gonna go one. I, I think is... I'm gonna go big though. I'm gonna say three. Uh, I feel oh. confident that the ones he's gonna pick, I've seen. But uh, what were you about to say, Corey? Oh, I struggled hard, um, real hard. Uh, he's never been a pulling factor, you know, for me to see a movie. My mom was a big fan when I was a kid, so there were movies that I remember parts of. But you know, mm. my mom like loved Urban Cowboy <laughs> when I was growing up. But I've never. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, no. I had a really hard time, and I really did struggle, I got, and I actually watched one. You know, I gotta say, though, in my head, he was a bigger pull than he appears to be, because a lot of his I, movies I, are not that big of a draw. Like, I'm looking, and he doesn't, like, he has a few big, like, m roles or whatever, but I feel like there's some major gaps in his time frame um, that kind of shocked me. Like, I, in my head, he's a much bigger actor than his yes. his uh, videography says he is you know, or filmography sorry um, which I, I, I don't know Mike do you have anything to argue against that claim that I just made there uh, I'll I'll be honest I've been a fan of his since Welcome Back Cotter which actually will come up in conversation so that's what 75 I was 2 I don't know that I watched Welcome Back Cotter at that age <laughs> but if that's on I will watch it and you know what though I don't know that I guess you're right. I don't know that just because he's in it, I'm not just going to run out and watch it. Now, I ran out and watched one specific one, which I'll not mention in case it's on a list, and we'll talk about that later, but not necessarily because of him, because of the director. Mm. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm looking uh, through, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't... In my head, he's a much bigger actor than he really is, and that's interesting to me. Um, and it might be just because of Grease, like, because that's... You know, I think yeah. that's his biggest film. I mean, he's in a couple other big ones, but I think Grease is the biggest um, and definitely the most iconic, right? I mean, that's what I think when people think Travolta, they think Grease. Uh, I think Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I, I beg to... Yes, I agree with Corey. What did she say? For, for once. Saturday Night Fever. Really? Over Grease? Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, huh. yes. I guess my family is uh, is bigger Grease fan. I mean, I like Saturday Night Fever more than Grease. I'd like to point that out, but... I still, when I think of Travolta, Grease is where my head goes first. Maybe it's, it's the, the hair. <laughs> where? Who? How? Why? Well, with that, um, I'm saying three of Mike's. Corey's saying one. Mike is going first this week, then me, then Corey. So, Mike, what is your number five John Travolta movie? All right. Um, I was recently telling someone in conversation that I'm not much for, one, the romance-type films or musicals. And then proceeded to list a slew of romance and musical films that I did like. So it's, you know, I'm more than just a bit conflicted when I come, you know, up with lists and opinions. I don't know why that is. But anyway, <laughs> I don't recall being sure what I was getting into when going into the theater to see 1996's Phenomenon. Ah. But I know that I left the theater quite pleased. I know that I still like the film. It's not one of those, I'm going to drop everything and watch it. But I, it, it converted me into a Kira Sedgwick fan, who I believe is oh. still Ke Kevin Bacon's wife, right? Oh, I hope I, still. I don't know. It's hard to tell with Hollywood, so I'm really hoping that that's the case because, you know, that doesn't happen very often uh, that people stay together that long. It kind of was said, I don't remember the trailer. I don't even know how I ended up at this particular because it wasn't him. I think it was because it was set up like a supernatural type of event yeah, film, like but without the. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, that got to it. Uh, it. It just didn't have the darkness that you might figure would accompany that kind of film. Uh, John Turtletob directed it, who, as I looked it up, ended up being involved. I don't know if he produced or directed, but National Treasures, and it got me wondering, ooh, what if Travolta? I could see Travolta doing that role that Cage ended up playing hmm. in National Treasure. But as, serious, as syrupy sweet as this was... Because that's not my that is not my typical genre. I don't, and I couldn't remember how much exposure it had gotten. So it's, I felt it needed to be on my list. So oh. it's on number five. I didn't. I, I I deliberately avoided anything other than that supernatural bent because I I I, I didn't want to spoil it. Mm. I wanted it to be purposefully vague. Got it. 
I I saw. I don't think I sat and watched it from beginning to end. I do know this was a movie that was on HBO when I was a kid, and so like it would be on. And I've definitely seen parts of it. I may have seen all of it over time, but I don't think I ever sat and watched all of it. I don't remember much about Phenomenon other than that iconic pose of him like reaching out to like use his telepathy. Like it's on the cover of the poster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I don't remember much. And that's kind of the same with another one of movies that came out right after this one. I'll leave that blank for now in case it's on somebody's list. But uh, Corey, have you ever seen Phenomenon? I have. Is, oh, it might be on your list or no? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, oh. we'll hold off then. Um, we'll see where that one falls for Corey. I think that means it's my number five. Um, I went with a comedy, and I think it probably qualifies as a rom com, but maybe not. Um, I went with a film that, honestly, if I were to go watch it again now, it, John Travolta would not be the draw. It would be another man who I've made you guys sit through because I am a fan of his older stuff, and that's uh- Bruce Willis, who doesn't show up in this movie visibly, but is the voice of a baby. And that's Look Who's Talking mm. from 1989. Um, mm. I've probably not seen this since 1989 or 1990 or something along those lines. I used to watch it when I was a kid. Um, I have fond memories of it. It does have a 51 Metascore, so, you know, probably like not a great movie, but funny for, you know, kids at the time. Or um, It's, you know, Amy Heckerling, who I am a fan of. Uh, she did Clueless and Fast Times. Um, so... You know, I, I don't remember much about this movie. I remember enjoying it as a kid. I did see the second one. I think I skipped the third one. Um, but John Travolta's the uh, the dad of the baby, and Christy Alley is the mom. And you got some good uh, comedy actors in there. Abe Fagoda, George Seagal, Olympia Dukakis. Um, and, and then, like I said, Bruce Willis as the voice of the baby, which I think was pretty funny. Again, I don't know if it'll hold up. Been a long time, but that's why it's only my number five. I don't know that it holds up. I don't know that I liked it to begin with back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I know I didn't go see it in the theater. I probably actively avoided it on VHS. I was um, eight when it when it probably came out on VHS. So, you know, forgive me. And again, I, I don't think I've seen it for a long time. Like, I may have been 11 or 12 last time I watched it. And I, like I said, it, it's... Slim Pickens. It's it made a list of some that I'd seen more recently, um, but I I have fonder memories of this film than some of those more recent viewings. So I went with this one. I'm gonna go ahead and hop in. I put this as my number four. Also ah. Struggle Bus, but I loved this movie as a kid, and I still like when I was thinking of this list, I couldn't help but laugh and remember the part where James goes into uh, Molly's apartment. And he, I don't know if he's like drinking coffee or something, but he pours some milk into the coffee cup and then she walks in and she's like, oh yeah, that's my breast milk. And then he just like spits it out everywhere or something. <laughs> you I, know? Mm, <laughs> I'm having that image of cursed yet. No, no. Yes. Savick yes. does not. Mm. What? Oh. Savick from, because I watched part of Star Trek 2 today. Oh. do that. I've never seen Star Trek 2, but... I've heard the even ones are bad. Wait, no, the odd ones are bad. Oh, the odd ones are... Mm. I've seen Wrath of I feel like that's too much work. It's a rule. Yeah. That's probably why they stopped numbering them. They're like, we're going to break this curse, and that didn't work out either. <laughs> that oh. would make sense. Um, although you can't trick us. The first one is still number one. All right, Corey. I'm not falling for your ruse. <laughs> Corey, what is your number five? We already know your okay. number four now, but... Well, it's the sequel. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um... Uh, I like this as a kid too. I think this one came out in '90, and I don't ever talk about how old I was, but I was a kid. And again, I remember they they get a dog or something. They rescue a dog, and uh, they're nope. in the back seat of a cab or something. That's what? the third one, I think. Oh, it's... that's the third one. Yeah. Then never mind. Then that's look who's talking now. Then. Yep, that's. I'll say it's my number five. Oh. Okay. And that's how they named their dog Rocks. Ah, yeah, because the dog's the, he's on the cover of the third one. Um, which has a controversial actress in it, of course. Well, controversial now. The voice of the girl baby is Roseanne oh, Barr. Oh, Roseanne Barr. Yeah, at least in the second movie. I don't know if she is in the third one. Oh, she's she's been controversial for the entirety of her career. I feel. I think that it's I, just I, too. The internet yeah. is too accessible now. You know what? I don't think she is in the one you just picked, so it works out. Um, it looks like Diane <laughs> Keaton might be the girl dog, and Danny DeVito is the boy dog. 
Guys, I struggled. Sorry. Um, because it looks like the kids are old enough to talk, so we don't hear their inner monologues. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I am fairly confident. I, I never saw this one. So. So do you? I feel like around this time, like in like maybe the late late 80s, early 90s, they had all of these movies coming out about kids, and they were like comedies. Uh, was it Two Guys and a Baby or Three Men and a and a Baby? And yes. then it became Three Men and a Little Lady, I think. Yes. Which, honestly, we stole from the French. <laughs> is that, uh, and I want to say it's Steve Gutenberg. Gutenberg's one of the three. Uh, it's Gut- Tom Selleck. Gutenberg, Selleck, and... Is it? Selleck and... I can't remember. Ted, Ted Danson? I thought it was Danson. Oh, I think that you might be right. Again, haven't seen them since I was a kid, but yeah, I mean, yeah, also okay. like them. But I just feel like those were, that was like the, the, the thing formula. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make yeah. these funny movies you about see kids. Patterns like that. Uh, what? You mean Hollywood was formulaic in a way? Doing what they do now, then? That's correct. <sighs> what? No! <sighs> Alright. Um, well, Corey went with uh, Look Who's Talking Now. As, I don't know. We could say now slash two. Yeah. It's, two it's slash now. The whole, Whatever. They, they squeezed on there somehow um, yeah. for her number five. Uh, that leads us to Mike's number four. Alright, so this one actually we recently met. I want to say in the last episode we mentioned on the podcast. And so I'll just go right into it. It's 1981's Blowout, directed by Brian De Palma. Ah. Uh, you know what? I hope I didn't have it as a pick recently. Anyway, I'm picking it again. I never would have imagined that a suspense thriller would be made around the conceit of a film sound person recording what seems to be a typical vehicle accident and then it escalating to be something else altogether. And I don't know that this particular pick would hold up. Um, I mean, it might. I'm actually surprised that Hollywood, speaking of Hollywood and lack of original ideas, that it has not been tapped for some sort of remake attempt. Uh, Not that I want that. It's just, you know, Hollywood is notorious for that sort of thing. Uh, Nancy Allen was his co-star. Not John Lithgow was it. I barely remember John Lithgow in it, but Nancy Allen was... The female lead who, oh, man. Honest, honestly, I don't know why there aren't more Nancy Allen films beyond this time period. She was so good in RoboCop, I felt, as the partner. Yeah, the original, totally. Not, not the diluted remake, and I don't know what it was. I, 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 for my, what, what, whatever reason, I wanted to say that she was in a Friday the 13th installment, but I couldn't dig that up. I was looking and clicking, and I, I think I might have been getting her confused with Amy Steele, but they, mm. I mean, I don't I don't know, but it's you know it's a suspense thriller. It's it's just really strange because part of the scenes, the setup, he's walking around with the old style reel to reel tape, and he's got a, a boom mic and he's pointing it out to record ambient sound, just of, uh-huh. of you know crickets or just nature, and that's how he happens to be because of that odd quirk of his. That's how he captures that particular accident. And then it goes from there. Well, you know, I this I'm really intrigued by this for a lot of reasons. I we I mentioned, I think this was brought up because I mentioned that I have not seen uh, most De Palma films um, because I brought up Scarface on my gap list. And we need, you know what? This is the week. We should do that this week. We should try yeah. to make that happen. All for right. sure. I am. Uh, I'm on board. I need to watch that that movie and get it off my list. Um, Corey, I assume like myself, you've not seen Blowout. I have not. So, I, am I have counting. not. I did not do it. Well, you've oh, got your on. one already because you saw Phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm counting that I saw Phenomenon, even though I don't think I saw it in one sitting. I'm saying I've seen enough of it. Um, so, I still need two more though. But I've not seen Blow uh, Blow Out. Is that what it's called? Oh, like a tire. Blow I out. Get it. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> that that is correct. Now I'm taking my shirt off, and you're gonna oh, see me in my tank top. Exciting um, and nerve-wracking. Uh, okay, so that leads <laughs> to my number four, which I don't know if you've seen it. I do think I've talked about this movie, and I'm going to be honest. This might be the first film. In fact, it probably is the only time I can say this. Uh, I have a tattoo because of this movie. Um, it's not because of John Travolta. Oh, I know, I know. But it, it connected with me. It's The Punisher from 2004. Um this movie came along at the right time for me. It was still uh, before the renaissance of um, superhero films that we now have. 
So this, in my eyes, I really like Thomas Jane as Frank Castle. Uh, Travolta, not a great villain in this movie, but I, I don't hate him in the movie. Um, I think he could have been a little more serious than he ends up being. Um, it's almost like he was a caricature of a caricature. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a bit much. Um, I didn't realize Ben Foster. I, I always forget Ben Foster's in this. He's the one with all the piercings in this movie. Um, and then Jean Pinget, Pinoget. He's a comedian. A comedian. I can always screw up his name. He's the other roommate. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed this film. I, I still think it's it's super campy. It's not great, but there's parts of it that I really like, and I particularly love the commitment of Thomas Jane to being Frank Castle. Um, and it was I got into the character enough that I did get the Punisher skull tattooed onto my body as a result of this movie. So. Um, to be fair, I like the character outside. I've read many of the comics. I've I've seen the the current iteration of Frank Castle on Daredevil and the Punisher TV series on Netflix. Um, yeah, I've read multiple. Probably the best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John Bernthal is awesome as a Punisher. I love the hipster joke in episode one of um, of the the TV series The Punisher. There's this really great hipster joke at a diner that it cracks me up. Um, I, so you know, I am a fan of the character anyways, and then uh, this particular one was, I think, the one that made me kind of look into the character. Um, so I, I hold a special place in my heart, even though I know it's not as good as uh, it could have been. But Travolta's in it, so it counts. It's on my list, number four. Uh, my only, well, I have a couple of issues with it. It's obviously one that's, this isn't an issue, but it's so much better than Dolph Lundgren's, which we probably, that should be the Voldemort of Punisher adaptations. Yeah. Poor Dolph Lundgren, poor Louis, Go- Louis Gossett Jr. They, they probably signed up. I don't know. I, they probably had no idea who the Punisher was because I think it just shows, it was so, it was so, like, dis- it was insulting to see it treated that way. Yeah. And this was much, much better. I, and I agree with you. I think Thomas Jane was was really what he did really well in it. Mm-hmm. I hated the relocation to Tampa. They, yeah, agreed. Um, it, that's not the Punisher's neighborhood. He's New York, mm-hmm. but that also allowed them to not have to, you know, because he eventually ties in with you. Said you, well, they got it together. Netflix did it. Net, uh, Daredevil. Spider-Man, you know, he is part of the, the Marvel. Yeah. Right. And but at least they were making little baby steps. Now the other part and this is also not an issue but back when MJ and BJ were still on Tampa Radio, wasn't Uncle Fester one of the extras in this? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I mean, I I think he played one of the one of the, you know, the the mob guys. But now I'm going to have to dig that up because, you know, that that show fell off fast. I forget. I forget what happened, but they took they they're done. Well, when uh, I think BJ left, and then, then it um, was never the, it was never the same after no, that. And then the the feud with Bubba, I think, hurt MJ really bad. Um, oh, the, I don't know. I think Bubba ended up on the on the short well, he, end of the stick with that later, though. But I think he was winning a lot with the fans, um, and that hurts your listener base, you know. So it's true. We get into the local but, but, media politics this, now. It's weird. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, that's that's odd and for someone that's not a local Tampa listener. You know, it's just. Sorry, I get off my tangents. And what's really weird is Corey's number four, which is where she's going now, is Look Who's Talking. Um, did you have anything else to add, Corey, or did you say your piece? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so Corey's number four is Look Who's Talking, um, the first one, better than the sequels, apparently. And we're moving to Mike's number three. Oh, wow, it's me again. Okay, I really wish Simon West would direct more films like this. He won't. Um, because he doesn't listen to me and no Hollywood people are ever knocking on my door or calling me, uh, you know, what? to pick my brain. I know they're not. What? No. <laughs> um, as this is a fantastic book adaptation. 1999's The General's Daughter. Hmm. It was adapted by from Nelson DeMille's novel of the same name, which I will ashamedly and begrudgingly admit that I've not read. So sad face on me. But Travolta plays a chief warrant officer who's investigating the death of a prestigious general's daughter, hence the name of the book of the story. Uh, the general played by James Cromwells, which for a little bit it was weird for me to not see him, you know, imagine him. Wasn't he in Babe? I don't know, but he I, I keep seeing him in other movies. He was just in, um, he's in yes. Jurassic. No, which, he's not. He's yes, in something he is. I just he's saw. In Jurassic. Jurassic World? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just is. saw that today. I just yep. saw that today. Yeah. I was like, I thought oh. So. But, and the first thing I could think of was, I'll do, pig. I'll do. Um, <laughs> gosh, and now I'm out of on another tangent because someone was telling me something about a donkey. Anyway, um, that's a whole different story. Yes. Uh, there's a supposed moratorium on book purchases in my home, and I typically ignore that. And I know I have this novel somewhere around our house. So um, he, the, the female lead is played by Madeline Stowe. And just like uh, I mentioned about Nancy Allen, she is another one that I truly believe needs to be in more films. She was in a lot in the heyday, but mm. she's not been lately, which makes me sad to think about. Um, this the way he plays Paul Brenner, the little throwaway lines of dialogue that for me still hold up is what really made me put this at my number three spot. It's tough to watch more than once because once you know all the details of the murder, it, it's not just a normal death. You know the film. That's um, pretty solid suspense, pretty good mystery. Uh, to I feel you should watch if you haven't already. The only minus might be... James Wood's portrayal of the, the character but I mean it doesn't destroy the film mm. it's it, it 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 is in his character to be the way he is got it I haven't seen this um I remember it coming out when I was in school or whatever and I I was not intrigued um I guess I wasn't a Travolta fan or something or at least maybe it was just it looked more dramatic than I normally would have gone for and not action or comedic enough for my taste um, so I didn't go into it, and I've just never gotten to it. Um, but I, I thought you'd mentioned it before, actually, so I felt like it was going to be on your list, but uh, it's not one I've seen. Uh, Corey, have you seen General's Daughter? I have not. Oh, good thing you went with one, and I went crazy. I still have, I have to have his number two and one on my list in order to oh, no. hit my three. Um, well, I guess then, Mike, we have nothing to add to your General's Daughter conversation, but... Maybe you guys have seen my number three. Um, and this is, uh, I think, the only time he is just a voice. And that's in Bolt from 2008. Um, which might be, sadly, one of the most forgotten animated films that I've seen in my life. Because I remember liking it. Uh, my daughter and I went and saw it. And then uh, this was at the time when the Disney stores were very prominent in malls. And they always had a two-for-twenty-dollar stuffed animal thing. And... My wife and I were really bad about buying my daughter stuffed animals from this store. Like, anytime we went to a mall that had a Disney store, she was getting two new stuffed animals. And we ended up having all of the Bolt animals, which was a cat, a dog, and a hamster in a wheel. Um, they didn't have the pigeons? I don't think they had stuffed pigeons, which is probably, oh. you know. But um, And I, I don't honestly remember much about this movie other than I remember liking it. I remember the, the opening twist, which was... Uh, they market it like he's a superhero dog, but then we find out that it's all um, a story. Like he's an actor on TV, but he thinks he actually has the powers. That's how it works. Um, it, and it also does star alongside Travolta as Bolt, uh, Miley Cyrus. So that's always a bonus, right? Um, her great acting. Malcolm McDowell shows up. James Lipton is in it. Greg uh, German. Uh, Diedrich Bader, who's in a bunch of stuff. Nick Schwartzen's in the film. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, Chloe Grace Moretz plays Young Penny. Um, yes. And then Randy Savage even was in it before he passed away. What? Uh, yeah, it says he plays a thug. I'm sure it's just like, ooh, yeah. Um, Step into a Slim Jim. But, uh, yeah, I... This was a Disney, too. It's not a Pixar animated. This is Disney animated. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. My daughter would have been four when we saw it, and... We both liked it enough that I haven't forgot it, and it, I, I know it's a better movie than The Punisher, probably, so I went with that uh, as number three, although, I, to be honest, Punisher's probably a higher place, because it's a film I've seen a, a lot, but um, I did have fond memories of it. I did spend a lot of money on, on those figurines and whatnot, and I do like the, uh, the design of Bolt. I thought he was a cool-looking stuffed dog, um, not stuffed dog in the movie, but in real life. So, Bolt is my number three. Have either of you seen it? I don't I even remember this movie. Seen yeah, it. I, I. It's just one of the, I. I associated more with the Disney store <laughs> part because I yeah. remember that, and that was that. It's almost like a rite of passage. Um, I, I think. Wait, what year was it released? Uh, two thousand eight. 
Yeah, we would have probably gone to theater to watch this. Mm-hmm. And but see, this one doesn't. I don't know. Maybe because it I don't seems, know why it doesn't stick out to me. Like, it seems forgotten, right? Like it's yeah, almost like this movie came those, out and it's just gone. And, and it's not that it was bad. I mean, even Disney doesn't run it very often, to my knowledge. Mm-mm. It's maybe got it's, a um, maybe 67. It's the Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus curse. Sixty-seven yeah, on Metacritic. her hands. Their hands. It might be. Um, it, it's a shame because I I remember really liking it, and at the time my daughter liked it. I I don't even think we own this one, which is unusual for a Disney. Ah, too. see, you've even forgotten it to, to own it. Yeah, well, that's not un, that's not impossible because I have a lot of movies. But um, if I do own it, I've not watched it for many, many, many years. Probably since two thousand and nine, it was the last time I would have seen this. So, um, I might try to revisit it and see if it's any good. But I I liked it at the time, so it made my list. You know, uh, Corey's got a steel book of this one. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, Aha! Uh-huh. What is your number three? Oh, guys, my number three is Carrie. Ah. Um, I was actually rewatching it today. Oh. My mom really liked this movie, which I think is strange, mm-hmm. but yeah, because um, mom sucks in this movie. <laughs> like, not like. Oh my god, life. she's horrible. Yeah, horrible. So, oh! and I. Watching it this time, do you guys remember Norma, the girl that's always wearing the hat, and she's like Chris's best friend or something? She helped her like set everything up. Uh, I was rec- PJ Souls. Yeah, mm. and I was like, why do I recognize this girl? And I had to look up her filmography, and now I'm forgetting what else she was in. But Halloween, Stripes, yeah. Rock and Roll High School. Um. Yep. I, I here's the thing. I know I saw Carrie. But I feel like I can't claim it because it's been so, so long. Um, And I think I mentioned this again last week because of the Brian De Palma thing. Um, I know my mom watched it when I was a kid because I think she also liked it. Why Um, do moms... Why? I just don't understand. Was it like, look at what a great mom I am? I don't really know. Well, but to be fair, it came out in 76. So they weren't moms when they saw it because we weren't born yet. So, well, I don't know. I was probably 10. Um, Yeah, but... uh, I know I've seen it, and I, I definitely am familiar with the story because I've seen some of the uh, the remakes or the attempted sequel and whatnot, but um, I didn't feel like I could say this as a Travolta film myself because I have not watched it uh, in a long while, so I, I had to leave it off my list, although I definitely think this is better than, um, you know, two of the movies I've already said, so uh, that's oh, a it's good a cla- pick. It's a classic that I mm-hmm. was late on. Uh, I'm, I'm a Stephen King fan, and... I don't remember. It was, it was not right away that I watched Carrie, uh, and I don't remember why. This is it. I, honestly, it should have been on my list. I just wanted to give a couple others some attention. I didn't even put it on my honorable mentions, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if this is correct, but um, because I didn't do any research on this, but I think that this was the first uh, Stephen King Stephen King adaptation. I adaptation. think you're right. I believe you're right because he. He he likes uh, Stephen King likes to share the anecdotes about what it was like, you know, as he was getting started as a writer and carry not just the novel, but then the film rights happen to come in in time, you know, to buy kids antibiotics or get them through because he was doing some uh, a stint as a professor and working odd jobs. And then once oh. this broke, then he never looked back. Uh, he could truly feel like he was a writer because of it. Yeah. I don't know if my math is right, but I think that. Sissy Spacek was 27 <laughs> in this film. She was 27 and playing... Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, just, I, wonder yeah how old, I wonder how old Piper Laurie was, because that would be... It's not unheard of, though, for old, like for actors. No, like, but I mean, at least she actually looks like a teenager. I mean, true. how many yeah. times have we watched these movies and we're like, they're that's, 33 years old. That's like that's like Telemundo casting. I'm, I'm going to play a child. I'm just going to put some oh. Sharpie marker freckles on my face, and I'm a kid now. <laughs> Well, that's definitely a good pick. I w- I'm wondering now if it's going to be on Mike's number two or number one, but uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I thought, but maybe not. Uh, Mike, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is another book adaptation, and it's not Carrie. I actually just said what, what about that one. But anyway, um, this time it's Elmore Leonard's novel of the same name from 1995, Get Shorty. I swear that I had this book, but... I'll be honest, just like you buy movies, I buy books 
<laughs> and I probably very much either lent it out, lost it, or had it in hand. And I have this habit of picking up books, getting halfway through, and then, you know, discarding them and being like, oh, I got to get back to it. So, uh, anyway, the, the it, basically he plays a sh- just mafia muscle who's uh, tasked with retrieving money that technically isn't the mobs, but ends up in Hollywood. He's got he's this gangster who loves film and wants a way to find it. If only all of us could just go out to Hollywood, dip into a, a Z-grade movie director uh, crowd, and then start meeting people because the cast is all over the place. There's um, Rene, oh, Rene Russo. I didn't even think to mention Rene Russo, mm-hmm. who's really great. Gene Hackman. Um, uh, Gene Hackman as the director. Dennis Farina. Yeah. One of my favorite bits in the whole thing, and I'll spoil this part because he takes over. All right. So, the in the intro of the cold open part is a surprise party, which causes a heart attack for the mob boss that is the one that Chili Palmer, Travolta's character, reports to, and he falls over dead. You know, he doesn't like surprises. He even says that's part of the line. Yeah. Before he goes in, and he, he drops over dead. Which changes makes it so Dennis Farina is um, is now you know over you know Chili Palmer who is you know he they is not recently had an interaction that is hilarious. yeah yes yeah yes that's right that, the, the whole there's a leather coat bit yeah. and then but the scene I'm, I'm getting to is in the barber shop with a barber's coughing coughing and then Chili's out there with the gun and he shoots at him he doesn't he's not well he could have killed him. And it just kind of grazes his scalp, and yep. he's running, screaming. That whole scene where he's like, "Call nine one one, call nine one one," which is totally out of Dennis Farina's character. That is not yeah. like him to do that. It was so, so R.I.P. Dennis Farina yeah. um, and James, uh, James Gandolfini, who plays a great part. Um, Bear as a stuntman, Bear yeah. with his little girl and um, Yayo. I don't know the guy's name that plays Yayo. It just makes me laugh. Um, yeah, and uh, we can't forget um, Delroy Lindo. Delroy as Lindo Bo. as Catlett. Yep, Bo Catlett. Uh, I don't remember his partner. Um, I don't. Uh, I can't even remember his character's name. Just all around, it's really uh, Danny DeVito. Uh, they even had um, uh, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, for one little throwaway for, scene. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Penny Marshall playing herself even for a th- real throwaway scene. So. Uh, I really, I love this film. Lots of little bit, you know, of tension, drama, action, some comedic moments all around. I loved it. It was tough not to put this in my number one spot. Corey, have you seen Get Shorty? I have not. So, um, this week I was in St. Pete at a training, and I went uh, to see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom on Thursday night and went walking around a mall. And I talked about this with Corey on our movie club podcast, but... I found this uh, used bookstore in the mall called 321 Books, and they had a huge section of DVDs, two bucks a piece. And I bought Get Shorty, because I've never seen it, and I knew we were doing this list, and I watched it last night for the first time, and it is my number two as well. Uh-huh. I love this movie so, so much, and honestly found it very hard not to put it as number one, because I mm-hmm. think this is John Travolta's best performance. Um, I don't think it's his best movie, which is why it's not number one, but I think it's his best performance. I loved him in this movie so, so much. Like, he just owns this role. Like, he is yeah, Chili oh, Palmer. Yeah. And, well, in that whole scene where he's sitting with, uh, you know, he's, look at me. Yeah. There's all these little bits that are just Oh, my God. I, so great. I was so impressed with this film that I, I immediately was like, I have to buy Be Cool now. And then no, I, read, no, I, no, I read no, I read about it. I was like, never mind. I thought it would continue no. with the movies, and mm-hmm. it doesn't, and that's it's, a shame. It was very sad because I really wanted it well, to I be love... as... It's hard to follow Get Shorty. It's really difficult. Man. It, well, there's a could... TV series right now out called Get Shorty that um, is based on the novel that I think is Ray Romano and um, Chris O'Dowd. And I've heard it's really good, and I just haven't seen it, but now I kind of want to jump it. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember what network it's on. I, I'll look it up, though, and I will uh, get that information because um, I've heard good things, and... I'm a big Chris O'Dowd fan anyways. I am hit or miss with Ray Romano, but in his last couple of things, I've enjoyed him. Um, Deborah, Deborah, no! Uh, DeVito, is, this is the most tame Danny DeVito I think I've ever seen in a movie. 
and I really like that, actually being able to see him um, not be creepy and, and gross. He's still a little gross, but not as gross as, like, the Penguin. Um, this movie has an 82 Metascore, and it totally makes sense. It is so good in, like, every way. Um, there's all these little, like, you know, cr like, backstabs and things like that that are awesome. Lots of little repeated lines, like the Look at Me line gets used a few different times. I love when Hackman tries to do it and just can't. <laughs> um, and oh, I can't even say the one line where they're talking about uh, the gun jams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gandolfini, um, who I've... I've never seen The Sopranos. Um, it's one of the biggest gaps on my HBO viewing history. And um, I, so I'm not as familiar with him. I've seen him in a lot of movies now, but I've not. I think most people really came to love Gandolfini because of, of being Tony Soprano. Uh, I loved him in this movie, though. I thought his role was so cool. And it, I didn't recognize him for a little bit. Like, I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. And I was like, oh my God, that's Gandolfini. I was looking for you know, older, little chubbier Gandolfini, and then realized that was him. I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's so good in this. Um, really I, good, because he's yeah. he's this heavy, and then, you know, it's so different when he has his daughter, yep. and just, it, the the interactions, because there are two times he and Chili Palmer, yeah. you know, and it is not what you expect, because no. you size them both up, and it's, and it's like, I feel like that would actually be something that happens. Yeah, and that's what I... Travolta just owns this freaking role. Mm -hmm. Like, I mm -hmm. was so impressed. I'm so glad I spent $2 on this movie because it's worth oh, way totally more. Totally worth more. Yeah, yeah. and I, I... But I'm I'm thrilled because this is a film that I never really interested me. I don't know what, what I missed in the marketing. I mean, it came out in 95, right? So I was uh, 13, so it just was not something that looked appealing to me. Um, if I had heard it was a, a mob movie, or it's technically not, but it kind of is, um, there's definitely mob elements in it. I wouldn't have. Uh, I don't think that would have drawn me in because I'm not. I didn't used to like mob movies, although as an adult, I've grown to like them very much. And uh, man, but then if I had realized this was a film lovers movie, because there's mm -hmm. you, he goes to see Touch of Evil. Um, yep. And I love all the movie references and his obsession. I mean, this is what we're doing. Chili Palmer acts like us. He just knows all these facts and he's spouting off all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, he's a movie lover. And a lot of the films they talk about are fictional because they're uh, some. Many of them are Danny DeVito's characters' films. Mm -hmm. um, Napoleon and uh, mm -hmm. well, and and the other thing too, and I think you put it on uh, for a number two pick. We really have a lot to say about it. Which we is sure funny. do. Uh, it technically is a mob film, but it's so uncommon because it's lighthearted and just very realistic, very organic very natural and i have no difficulty believing that you know he gets out there and all of a sudden there's nikki who he remembers from back in new york and mm -hmm. there he has an in to a movie star which honestly i've had kind of uh, not brushes with fame but i've had times where i'm you know on a train from winter haven all the way to Pit pittsburgh and run into someone i know of yeah. you know that i had seen from my high school days and just stuff like that's very strange we've had that happen there we've had that happen in north georgia in the mountains where someone from our town they're riding their bike at the same time as we're driving by so we literally screeched and you know had to say hello it's just so you know mm. we're in the matrix y'all it's yeah. <laughs> further proof that we're in the matrix well and to mike's point because we have talked a lot about our number two picks but I was I went in last night even to watch this solely to see if I could if it could squeeze onto my list and it did knock off one of my honorable mentions. Um, but uh, I was kind of apprehensive going in. I'm like I, I doubt I'm gonna really like this and I I'm so in love with this movie right now. That's why I can't shut up about it. I was did, really blown did, away. So did Taylor watch it with you? She did not. Um, ah. Yeah, and it was kind of a, a spontaneous. Like I had been planning on trying to watch it, and I had a lot of time to watch it. But I've been really addicted to State of Decay too, so I spent way too many hours <laughs> playing that yesterday, and like kind of forced myself to like I need to stop playing the game. I'm going to watch a movie. Um, I, I went with this one, and I don't regret it at all. In fact, I am going to encourage, like I am on this podcast right now. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it, Corey. I highly recommend yes. uh, seeing it if it's on Criterion. You know what's crazy is I dropped money on on that game, and my sons played a whole lot more than I have. I so. want you to play, man. I it's so I much know. fun. I need to. I need to. I've, uh, Iron Banner, Destiny Two, Iron Banner. Oh, is that happening? Yes. I didn't even know. See how I'm yeah. so into State of Decay, but well, I've been gone I, all week too. So I've been. I, I don't want to sidetrack too much, but level thirty gets you an amazing auto rifle. Sorry, Corey, you're 
You're just along for the ride now. <laughs> We're dragging you across. <laughs> um, and so finally hit level 30 to get that, and I could share it with my other characters. And then uh, the next step is five more levels for a spaceship. Yeah, yes, I, I am an adult, and this is my life. No, we, we play games. We were gamers. We, we grew up gamers, so it's just part of who we are. All right, Corey, you get to talk now. What is your number two? <laughs> okay, so I put 1996's Phenomenon. Ah, um, yay! Yeah. I like um, your pick. Thanks. Um, I This is another one. So when did Michael come out where he plays like the year Angel after. or something? Yeah, I want to, yeah. Okay, I thought that they were really close. Cause oh, I'm sorry. No, they're both 96. Oh, oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. I remember them being really close. And mm-hmm. like I said, Mom was a fan of John Travolta, and I remember them both being on. Yep. But and wasn't he kind of like bad or he cussed or something as Michael? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he was... he had like human vices. Okay. Uh, I feel like I should watch that one again, but I decided to go with Phenomenon, and that is streaming on Amazon Prime, my friends, or maybe. Oh, I gotta watch it again then. Netflix. But, anyways, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I like his character, George Malley, a lot. Just small town mechanic. And he, like, witnesses this flash of light and all of a sudden becomes a genius. And it's, you know, at first... And the, gets powers and... Yeah, the town is intrigued and interested and then they become scared and they alienate him and start treating him very badly. I really like Kira Sedgwick in this a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a blubbering mess. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, at the end. Oh. Oh, it was Mike. Let's be real. It was like probably the last twenty or thirty minutes. As soon as her son Al says, "Did you just come here to die?" or something like that, and I was uh, just—it was did warn us. all over. It was all over, and Bill was like, "Oh, trying to come nope. through." I'm like, "Leave, <laughs> just all leave." Right. The part that gets me, the part that gets me is uh, I'll love you for the rest of my life. And then she reports, retorts back, no, I'll love you for the rest of mine. I'm like, (gasps) right. It was just, oh my God. And then they have that little bit in the bar and then, yep. No, I'm like, "Mm, look, I I don't know what's going on with me. um, And I hate to take away from your pick because it is such a good pick. But in Jurassic World, I know these are CGI dinosaurs. I know this. They're not real. But we love them. Yes, uh-huh. and I, I'm like, okay, and I'm don't like, don't spoil hoping. that movie though, because yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> no, no, there's this part. There are several parts that I'm just yeah. like, I know Rachel. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was really <laughs> angry and upset at the treatment of CGI dinosaurs. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry. Care. What a manipulative jerk, J. A. Bayonetta or Bayana, whatever his name is, for like the way he frames some of those moments because i'm just mm-hmm. like that is the most manipulative shot you could have done to make me uh-huh. want to cry like you are a jerk uh-huh. end of story uh-huh. um but yeah uh, i didn't realize you went and saw it um i saw it thursday night i i like it it's not perfect by any means um, it is it deserves better than the 50 percent rotten rating mm-hmm. um i there's a couple of i have a couple of mine that are huge chris pratt fans so i I'm like well yeah. i'm the bryce dallas howard person and but i don't want to taint their opinion it's yeah. I, I want to see because I, I I liked it much more than I disliked it and I was going in exactly really thinking it was going to be like the second one yeah. from the other yeah but and Lost World was, I mean yes thank you um, uh, the two characters that I just grew to love that weren't the main characters and the ones that you are supposed to hate that you really really despise it, it, it worked for me uh, for yeah. what it is the villains are real generic, though, and um, we're not supposed to be doing this. But, yeah, Jurassic World, Mike and I are saying give it a chance, especially if you like any of the other ones. I think it's there's a lot to enjoy here. He does pay homage way too much to the other films, though. There's, like, a, there's like four moments in the film that are straight rip-offs of other Oh, I, that, that was the whole thing I was thinking throughout the whole thing. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I know where that's from. He pays homage to the original, homage to... Uh, there's, there's even... Anyway, I, I want to mention it because it'll spoil it. But we'll talk off, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk uh, where no one will hear the words we're saying. But uh, Corey's number two pick was Phenomenon. Um, I uh, earlier alluded to Michael, actually, because I uh, uh, those two movies, I don't know for sure which ones, I which of them I saw more because they were both on HBO. Um, in fact, he had three movies come out in 96, Broken Arrow, which I hope isn't your number ones, guys, but... Uh, that's him and Christian Slater. I never saw that one all the way through. I saw parts of it. Never got invested enough to watch it from beginning to end. Um, but I'm sure I've seen Michael and Phenomenon enough. But 
I don't have fond memories of either, so apparently I might need to give Phenomenon a chance because you guys really sold it to me, man. The, the whole uh, I'm a little bit, you know, gun shy because I, I think I'm gonna it, cry my eyes. Well, out, it's but. it's tough to follow Get Shorty, but it is a different role. I I I liked it a whole lot more than than not, and I is not I am not a. I just think he's such a likable character. Like mm. if he was somebody mm-hmm. in my oh, town, yeah. I would want to know him. Yeah. Travolta does have, there's a charm about him that I think is why I think of him as a bigger actor. Because I do like him in most of the movies that I've seen with him in them. But, you know, he hasn't done a lot of movies that really appeal to me, apparently. Um, as I've, or at least I don't initially feel appealed to. Like, I'm not like, ooh, I need to see that movie. But um, let's go to number ones. I think I know what Mike's is going to be. I have a good feeling. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the same movie for all three of us. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. All right, what do you think? All right, what do you think? We should just do like three, two, one. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I was about to go with it. Um, oh, were you? Uh, Mike, let's, done it. let's hear yours because I don't want to say what I think it is because then it'll give away what mine is. So. Oh, okay. Well, I mentioned musicals earlier, oh. and while this is not a full-on musical per se, the music pretty much defines the film as much as it defined the time period that it was set in. And my pick for number one is 1977's Saturday Night Fever. Oh, I was completely wrong. That is not what number <laughs> one is. I have seen uh, this, well, though. I, so I've I seen just, three. I, I, I met my oh, quota. Wow. Well, I mean, it's John Travolta. If I had narrowed it down to two thousand, yeah, John Travolta films from 2000, then I probably would have. Anyway, um, I distinctly recall seeing this at the theater. I know I did not stay fully awake because uh, I woke up in the middle of a a part set on a bridge, and then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, and I got very sad. Anyway, being that the film's been around for decades, I don't know that it truly need to fully recap it. It's uh, not only, in my mind, Travolta's film breakthrough. I was a fan from the previously mentioned Welcome Back, Cotter, which mm-hmm. I would still watch, except just avoid any episodes that do not have Barbarino. That's the beginning of the Ted Lang syndrome, whenever the homeboy would join up he ended up joining, I think, Married with Children, Love Boat. He was like the kiss of death for series. And Got so, it. anyway, don't mess with anything that does not include John Travolta's character. Um, it set up disco as the musical juggernaut that it ended up becoming, much to the disdain of very many people, I'm sure. It's very much against my punk sensibilities, but <laughs> here it is. It's still my number one. Uh, break out your white polyester suit or corduroy suit, because that's what I had. I remember my thick corduroy, not the thin Levi's, uh, like the thin, thin corduroy. It was like a thick cord- bars of corduroy. And Boogie Down with Tony Monero. It's it's a classic. It just, yeah. it, without it, I don't know that he would be in all the other stuff that we were talking about. I don't remember if I watched it last year or the year before, but somehow my wife and daughter went and saw like a play version of this. I think maybe it was at Theater of Winter Haven and maybe my, my mother-in-law took yeah. them. I don't remember the circumstances, but I know they saw this somewhere and then they wanted to watch the movie. And I was like, you know, I'd never seen the movie. I'll watch it. And um, I did like it. It's, it was a little more... Uh, luckily, I think my daughter got bored partway or something. Something <laughs> happened because it gets really hard R at, at points in the yeah, film yeah, that we were not yeah, yeah, ready yeah. for. Um, and she wasn't in the room, luckily, when those moments happened. Because the play, obviously, they didn't do that. So <laughs> what? No. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I've only seen this once, and and fairly recently, within the last three years. And uh, but I did like it. Um, but it's not on my top five. It was on my honorable mentions. Interesting. Now the question is, which I will admit I have not seen it. Have you seen the sequel? I didn't know there was a sequel. Is it Sunday Night Fever? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Just staying it's alive. <laughs> exactly. Staying alive. Oh. Is it okay. really? Yeah. Think, yeah. Staying alive. <laughs> Yeah, it's Travolta. I've never in seen it. it. I could, I couldn't tell you anything oh. about it other than that it's a sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's not on his list, so he's not in that one. Um, and you know, Corey mentioned Urban he Cowboy is? earlier. No, he's not. I'm saying, um, Urban oh. Cowboy is one that my wife was a big fan of. I, I know I bought it for her when I worked at Fye, and it's sitting on my shelf over here, but I've never seen it. I think it's still in its plastic. But Mike, what shocks me, and I think this is going to be an oversight that somehow you must have done because there's no way it's not Four. on your top five. And I'm pretty sure Corey's number one is going to be mine. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction from 1994. It's my first honorable mention. Wow. I, I felt like he was leaving a... it off because he's talked about it before. Probably. Is that why, Mike? Because you've mentioned uh, it before? Well, I mean, 
it's the one that kickstarted his second wave for sure because without, without it it wouldn't i mean he, it really brought back and tarantino's genius casting i mean in a sense it's sort of stunt casting but it works so well i wanted to put it on my list but everybody it, it's it's an it, obvious it, pick it's it's I, I as i noted get shorty almost bumped it back to number two because uh, i love get shorty I, I still think that's the best Travolta performance, but this is a better movie. As much as I love Get Shorty, I love Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction so much. Jules is one of my favorite characters, um, possibly in film, definitely in Tarantino's films. I love Jules so much. I love everything he says, everything he does. Um, one of the things that I really loved about Get Shorty, in fact, though, was having um, Harvey Keitel in the film uh, because he plays the wolf. Um, I, I hope I said the right name. It's the right yep. name, right? Okay. Uh, he plays the wolf in Pulp Fiction, and obviously he's in Reservoir Dogs. So I like have, that he shows up and gets shorty, having just worked with Travolta. Um, I, I love Pulp Fiction. It's no no lie. Um, I don't think it's my favorite Tarantino film, but I think just because it's the obvious pick to be the favorite Tarantino film, because it's the one that it made a lot of their careers. I mean, Sam Jackson had done a lot, but this movie, I think, elevated him to a new mm -hmm. level. It, it was one of Bruce Willis's last amazing films. Uh, Tim Roth, while he's not major in it, great performance. Uh, Uma Thurman, definitely one of my first memories of her. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, I didn't even like hesitate. As soon as I started making my list, this was number one. Everything else was just figuring out what have I seen and what do I actually like of what I've seen. And then luckily I watched Get Shorty. So I had a solid one and two. I think my three, four, and five could probably be mixed around. Um, the, even maybe one or two of my honorable mentions could have been moved up. If I'd seen Saturday Night Fever again, maybe it would be on the list. Uh, I do want to note, though, we've made it through this list, and none of us have Grease in our five. So second, That's my second honorable mention. Ah. I was afraid that's where you're going when you started talking about the musical. Because I, I am the only woman in the history of the world that hates <laughs> that movie. I've seen the whole thing multiple times. Oh, God, so many times. When they were re, they were were they putting it on VHS or DVD? I don't remember what was happening. I remember what grade I was in school, and I remember they were playing the soundtrack all over the radio all summer. Yeah, I hate the soundtrack. And I was just like, please make it stop. That's a woman. Just like, <sighs> what? Uh, Better shape up, Mike. I am. Cause... I'm a big fan of um, musicals, actually. I which I used to say opposite. And I've learned that, no, I generally like musicals. I don't like Grease, um, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just can't get into it. I don't like the songs. Um, if I'm going to watch a movie about Sosas and Greasers, I'd rather watch The Outsiders. Um, you know, that's just me. And, uh, it, yeah. But, Corey... It was originally on my list, and I bumped... I don't remember what bumped it, but I saw that one in the theater, too, so it was hard not to include it. Ah. I saw the. I think my first memory of that is actually the, a high school play of Greece, um, which when I, not when I was in high school, I was like a kid. And my mom took me uh, to where I would go to high school, but um, uh, I, I didn't like it then, and I've never liked it since. So what's um, crazy is which high school didn't do a version of Greece. True. Some, yeah. Yeah. It was so prevalent. such a common one, um, Corey. But you're number one, Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, I and. I love the scene where they're like doing the twist. Mm -hmm. The dance number. At, yeah, I love that scene, and I really like Tim Roth. So, I think everybody I mean, lost their minds when he they saw him dancing. Like, <gasps> he got yeah! to dance oh, again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that I watched Reservoir Dogs first. Mm. I can't really remember because it was so long ago. But I don't know. This was right well, when I was starting it, to get into. Interestingly, though, my um, I saw this when I like when it came out on VHS, like in '95 or whatever, and I didn't I didn't understand it for one because the the nonlinear storytelling threw me off as a kid. Um, two, the the sequence with the gimp uh, freaked me out as a kid. Um, <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, they're raping two men. Like it was a horrifying concept that at, at 11 no at 13 had never even crossed my mind as a possibility um i had not seen deliverance i still haven't seen deliverance in fact but um you know so like i didn't the the idea of being raped especially like you'd always heard like that you get raped in prison but my theory for that was just not to go to prison you know problem solved uh i didn't have a backup plan for like not getting kidnapped you know well, to be fair, yes, but they are still kidnapped. They're not kidnapped because yeah. they're criminals. They're just in the wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. 
Um, and it's it, that sequence is horrifying still, but um, I didn't like this movie in 95 uh, as a, when I saw it as a kid. It took me years to come back to it, and when I did, um, I was a much more you know versed film person and, and loved it. And so it could have not been on my list at one point, but I, I do love this movie. It's There's so many great quotable lines from this film, and even though I didn't love it when I was a kid, I still... I still love Jules there. I still thought Jules was amazing, and I still do. Like, I just, he has so many great lines. And Travolta's really good in this, too. But at the same time, it's not Travolta's movie, right? Like, that dance number is. Yeah. That that moment yeah. is his. But it's well, it's a, it's more ensemble than not. I wonder if I left it off because his character dies because of a Pop-Tart. His character dies because Jules had a revelation. Let's be fair. He was only alone because Jules had walked away the day before. So (laughs) Jules doesn't have the the religious revelation. He doesn't leave him alone. He's not alone in the apartment. Someone's watching his back and he doesn't Uh, die from the popcorn. So it's God's plan for Vince Vega to die. It Mm. could be. It could be. Um, You know. Well, poor Vince. Um I mean, if Fabian had gotten that stupid watch, like he told her several True. times, several times, he doesn't have to. Butch doesn't have to go back and doesn't find the gun and doesn't his own gun, mind you, because that's Travolta's gun that he finds. Mm-hmm. That's right, because um, he was reading. He was taking a poop. He was pooping and reading. Um, another never poop when you're watching someone's house. Uh, but that is our top five John Travolta movies or movies of John Travolta, and uh, we do have some honorable mentions. So. Um, Mike, what do you got for honorable mentions? I've already mentioned Pulp Fiction and Grease. Primary Colors was on my list. I really wanted to include that, but I, I don't know that I loved it. I thought it was it, it was worthy of an honorable mention just because of the, the basis of where it came from. Face Off, because I enjoyed that mm-hmm. one a lot better than Broken Arrow. Um, and that was the first one my wife thought of. I'm like, yeah, but that can't be my top five. Yeah, um, I agree. And then this one I didn't include because it's a TV movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Ah. But that is an iconic movie for him, and I, I every time, like um, they that movie Everything Everything from two years ago. Mm-hmm, yes, um, very similar theme. And it's been done dozens of times. That that story, like the Bubble Boy, Jake Gyllenhaal's Bubble Boy, film. Good lord. Um, yeah, that's funny. I'm sorry, that movie's hilarious. But uh, was it? Yeah, it's it's stupid funny. I mean, it's not like a brilliant movie, mind you, but it's it's definitely funny. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's great in almost everything, and then. But I I do think of this movie because I I remember watching this on TV with my mom as a kid, and so. Uh, while we don't usually do TV movies, I think it's worthy of mentioning because it did. I think it it showed him as a potential, you know, mm-hmm. s- superstar. You could see, um, yeah, you could see it then. Man, I haven't seen Face Off in a long time, and yeah. I, I don't know if I've just it's... soured on uh, on Nick Cage to Nick the point Cage. where I I dislike everything he's attached to at this point. Um, well, it's it's just so cheesy in parts, but I just yeah. can't help but well, it has some of the names Metacritic man, and it's John Woo. Um, so I, I maybe just I don't know. I, Face Off was my number five. Thank I watched Get Shorty and I was able to push it back. Um, but Glad you watched it because it's so good. That one's so it's good. so good. Um, although I only have one other honorable mention and it's not a, it's not a good movie. But at the time I saw it, I did find it very funny. Uh, and it is um, Wild Hogs uh, from Oof. not too long ago. It's uh, it's more recent than it should be. Um, two thousand seven. Uh, unfortunately, it does not hold up, um, and it sh- I probably shouldn't have found it funny in 2007, but I, I, I like... I, I, I've actively avoided that one. Well, I like Martin Lawrence, um, I like William H. Macy, um, and then, uh, Ray Liotta's in it, which he's pl- way over the top, like, cartoonish villain, oh, what a shock, right? Marissa Tomei's in it, who I am a fan of, um, I, I don't know, when I, I, I think we saw it at the drive-in, like, when it came out, like, <laughs> we went... Because, you know, they do the double features. There was something else in front of it that my daughter wanted to see. So we went to see that. And then um, we stayed and watched Wild Hogs. In the, at that point, she's asleep because she's three. And my wife oh. and I found it funny. You know, like, but, you know, we were out of the house. We were eating popcorn, having a good night. We we probably would have laughed at almost anything. Um, it's one of those circumstantial type movies. And I, I've rewatched it a couple times on, like, TBS or whatever. Like, I'd have it on in the background. It's definitely not fu- that funny. It's very, very homophobic. Um like really really like crazy to the point of homophobia that they they throw in this movie because like there are multiple scenes where the guys like like have interactions that 90s people would have been like oh that's so gay and it's like it's 2007 guys did you not 
get the memo that like it's it's not as you shouldn't be as homophobic in a movie um your characters were written to be like this so it doesn't hold up but it it's i enjoyed it at the time so i went ahead and slapped it on my honorable mentions just so i could point out it's got problems uh cory what about you you got anything zero zero I no honorable mentions wow. no i told you it was a tight list it was hard <laughs> Um, all right, folks, that is our top five uh, movies of Travolta with our honorable mentions. Um, if you like any of the movies or if we left something off that you love of John Travolta's or if you want to defend Greece as uh, Corey and I have kind of bashed on the film, um, feel free to email us contact at BurkeReviews.com. That's contact at BurkeReviews.com. My reviews and anything these two ever decide to write end up at BurkeReviews.com. Um, Corey does have something new coming out, hopefully in a couple of days. Um, I haven't had a chance to proof it yet, but... Um, actually by the time this is out it'll probably already be up but um you can follow us on social media though i am at burke reviews cory at cory r star two r's on the end and mikey at server mikey and uh we you know we are on instagram twitter um you can follow me on letterbox i'm the only one who i think actually uses it even though i don't understand that um but i think that's it folks uh so until next time keep watching movies <laughs>